welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm wicked excited to be here with you today. My tone, however, might be a little more somber, a little more quiet and reserved because what we're talking about today is kind of about, um, well, I'm not going to go into all the individual specific things that are happening in the world, but just going to kind of talk about how there's so much going on in the world and how that can feel really overwhelming for people and how people can sometimes feel hopeless or helpless or like they're in the dark and they don't know what to do. And um, I have no idea what I'm going to call this show, but I'm sure by, by the time I get to the end of it, I'll have some sort of an idea. So just come along for the ride in the conversation. And, you know, it starts off with me thinking about a post that I did the, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> the other day uh, on social media where I was just talking about how there is so much going on in the world and so many people, so many people right now, um, both people like in my own life, people that I know personally, like friends and family, but also in a larger scale, right? Uh, like I did a post in the nest asking people how they were doing and just all this, all the stuff that people were writing and then just kind of looking in a larger scale at a grander scale of all the shit that is happening in the world. And I just know that right now, so many people are just trying to make their way through great suffering and violence and loss and confusion and loneliness and separation and sometimes despair. And, uh, you know, just all, all the different and bewildering experiences that this being human contains for us. Uh, every day, every day, right? Something else just kind of shows up, whether it's in your personal life or in the news feed or online, or you read another crazy story, you know? And as I've talked with other people and listened really closely to the happenings in their lives and the pain in their hearts, uh, I've listened to their concerns about the ones that they love. Um, they're worried that they're carrying around about all the madness that, that we're seeing uh, in the world. And, and one of the, the common and resounding themes that I keep hearing is that there is sort of this sense of helplessness, right? It's, it's a feeling of overwhelm and wondering, like, who, who, who am I? Like, I'm one, I'm one person. I hear this a lot in the work that I do sometimes. Like, I'm one person, KK. Like, what can I really do to help? You know, we, we look around and we see mass shootings and we see women's reproductive rights, like, being taken away from them. We see, um, you know, uh, racial injustice at such staggering levels. On and on and on. I mean, do, I could just go on and on and on naming 
all the horrible things, right? Animal cruelty, uh, domestic violence, war in the Ukraine. I mean, I, I mean, the list would be like longer than my arm. We just go on and on and on. And I think that, so I don't want to focus on all that. I, not that that's not important, but I think we all kind of have a sense, right, of the despair <laughs> that a lot of people are kind of feeling. Even in my own life, uh, I was just talking with my sweetie and, and also one of my, my beloved friends about how, even for me, in the past six months, you know, I've lost three of my aunties and three of my furry kids. It has been a season, you guys, when I tell you. It has been Man, there has been so much loss and so much grief and just navigating all of that. And I'm not alone in this. You know, I know people who are losing their homes. People have been kicked out of their homes. People whose rents have like doubled overnight. I mean, the stories are just insane. It feels like the world has lost its fucking mind. That's how it feels here in the illusion right now, right? Oh my God. And here's the thing. When people kind of come around to this, this question of like, what can I as one individual person really do? The thing that I always say is this, while we cannot change what the world often does, we cannot change what's happening out there on the level of form. What we can do is change ourselves on the level of content. Meaning we can, while we can't, as A Course in Miracles say, change what happens in the world, we can change our mind, we can change how we think about what is happening in the world. And we can change and choose how we respond to what is happening in the world. And so my, my hope for this show is, I'm going to read you guys a bunch of different things. I'm going to share some of the things that I use. I'm going to share some of the things that I have found helpful when it just feels like it has just become a colossal shit show out there. Now, you know, another thing that A Course in Miracles tells us is that the world is an outward reflection of an inward condition, right? We're seeing out there, we're projecting, right? We're projecting out what, what we believe in our mind, the stories we tell ourselves, the beliefs that we hold, you know, all those things. So one of the things I often think of is my mind is like my own little yard. It's my own little corner of the garden that I get to tend to because that's what I can control. That is the thing that I have access to and power over. How I choose to think. Now, we, let me be clear. We might not always be able to stop that first crazy thought, right? And I don't even fight that. I'm like, yeah, as long as I'm alive, there's going to be some ego activity going on. It's going to have its own agenda. Some shit's going to come into my head that maybe isn't very loving, every, very nice or kind, right? Not compassionate. It's going to be impatient. It's going to be judgmental. But I can recognize, oh, 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 that's a crazy thought. How can I do that? Because I've learned how to slow down my mind enough to stop and recognize I am having a very unhelpful, unloving, un, uh, uh, you know, uh, a thought that is not actually going to be in service to me, to the best of me, and to the best of whoever I'm about to interact with, right? Whether that is another human or an animal or a thing, an inanimate object or whatever the thing is. And, you know, I also firmly believe too, I want to be very clear when I talk about this shift of changing our mind, right? And A Course in Miracles, we talk about it like a shift in the mind from fear to love. That is what we call a miracle. So this is what I call being miracle-minded. Now, 
I also don't believe in spiritual bypassing. I don't believe in pretending like everything is fine. I don't believe in sucking it up and stuffing it down. I do believe in having safe places to speak into. So in my process that I use in the nest and when I work one-to-one -one with clients, right? Your story to your glory. The, the first step is like, tell your story. There's something really important and powerful about moving that story out of your mind and either to a therapist, on the page as a writer, in your journal, to a best friend, to a safe place where you can say, this is what happened. This is what I felt. This is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on. And even though you might not have all the facts correct, what you're, what you're telling is your emotional truth, right? So it's about like, because remember, there's always different perspectives. In fact, when people say, I'm just telling you my truth, I always, I'm, you know, I think in my head, well, let's not forget there's your truth, their truth, and then the truth, right? What really was happening. And a lot of times we are so biased in our own history, our own perspective, our own um, POV, our own point of view, literally where we were sitting when we saw the thing, heard the thing, felt the thing, whatever. Um, so there's always more than, than one truth. But the reality of it is, is it's as important that we, <coughs> you know, share uh, that this, this is what happened or whatever. But our perspective really plays a huge role in how we are experiencing the world. So let's come back to this idea. I can't always change what the world is doing out there, but I can choose to be conscious of my own thoughts, words, actions, stories, beliefs, the limiting beliefs, right? All the ways, because those are the things that are gonna um, influence, inspire, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, rah, rah, rah. It's another I word, but I can't think of it right now. But it might even initiate, but that wasn't the word, some actions of us, some behaviors, right? And these thought processes that we have, these habitual ways of thinking, these beliefs, these stories, which become our identities. And as I always say, you cannot outperform your identity. If you believe yourself to be this thing, right? However you identify, it's really hard to do um, behaviors or um, habits that are opposite of that thing. So being able to have a calm, steady mind, a mind that is slowed down, a mind that can choose, a mind that can be placed, right? Putting your attention where you actually want it, being able to shift your attention, just like being able to shift your mind from fear to love is really powerful and helpful. And why am I talking about all this? Let's come back to the very beginning of this episode because right now it can feel like the world is really out of control, like it has lost its ever-loving mind. So all that society is, a culture is, to me what the world is, it is a collective consciousness. It is basically like, imagine that you know, the spoke of a wheel right? At the center is like that, that hive mind or that one mind. And we're all connected. We are all pouring into the world, our thoughts, our fears, our beliefs, our whatever. So one of the most powerful things that I believe that we can do is get our minds right. To remember that we have access to something greater than us, something, um, you know, divine, whether you call that God, source, universe, higher mind, divine intelligence. Again, I never get hung up on what you call it. But there's a part of our mind that is always in communion with. 
It's always in contact and communion with, right? There's constant contact, right? With the beloved, with the divine, with the part of our minds that I always say is not insane. And if we don't take time to, first of all, how do I say this? Sometimes we don't even know that that's possible. We don't even know that there's a higher mind, a higher power, a, a higher consciousness, as A Course in Miracles says, above the battleground. And we're not aware that we have access to it. We might not have grown up in a home, um, a, a culture, a situation, whatever, where we were told that we could choose differently, that there is a better fucking way of doing things. There's a better way of thinking. Sometimes we're not exposed to it. A lot of times if you, if you didn't... Um, if you weren't raised to be encouraged to do your own thinking or to read books or to go to the library or to expand your mind, right? <clears throat> so I wanna share with you, sorry, I might be a little bit all over the place today. I, I, I'm, I'm in, still in the process of grief. I have a little bit of like brain fog, uh, but I'm still trying to show up here today and be of service and um, share some stuff that might be helpful with you guys. So just forgive me if I feel like if you if it feels like I'm bouncing around a little bit, I'm doing my best to to stay focused. So it was really important to me that I share with you some beautiful and simple practices, a couple, but also just some quotes and stuff from my teachers, from from the heroes and the people that are on my spiritual team. Uh, my guiding lights and guiding forces that I turn to when sometimes I'm just pretty sick of the world. And I just take a look around and I'm like, who, who is running? Like who's running the joint? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and this is the thing. It's like, I believe that one person, and here's the thing, when people say I'm one person, what can I do? I believe that one person can do incredible things. I believe the power of one person who remember on the spiritual path, no effort is wasted on the spiritual path. No effort is wasted. So if you're waking up each day and you are trying to get your mind right, if you are trying to be the love that you are, if you're trying to show up and be the light of the world and sprinkle a little love and a little fairy dust. And, and this isn't about being like Pollyanna-ish. I'm not talking about we avoid the issues that we don't call our senators that we don't. I'm not saying that. We take action. We do the shit on the ground that needs to be done. We go out and vote. We call people when we need to call people. You go to the matches or however you feel called to serve to the greater social justice stuff. I'm not just talking about airy fairy thoughts and prayers. No, because for me, prayers without action, thoughts without follow-up, to me, it's just like, what's the point, right? I don't, I've never read the Bible. I don't quote the Bible a lot, but every once in a while, I'll hear something in my travels, right? In my kind of like uh, spiritual <laughs> travels in, in, the, in, in, in the world where I hear something, I think that's fucking smart. And there's that line in the Bible that says, faith without works is dead. It's not just enough to talk about, oh my God, it's so awful that there was another mass shooting. We don't just sit in our homes and get numbed by the violence. I don't want us to ever, ever, ever get used to it. It should disturb you. It should like get your panties in a bunch. It should make you on some level angry, but not anger to then destroy, to self-destruct, to motivate. I would say through divine alchemy to turn that anger into helpful action, hopeful action, okay? KK's getting a little worked up and we're back. But I wanna share with you this, okay? 
here's some beautiful and simple practices to maybe help you, 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 the listener, thank you so much for listening, right? For you to be the change, to be the change that we want to see, right? That, that famous quote from Gandhi, you must be the change you want to see in the world, which means we're not waiting around for other people to change, for other people to get it right, for other people to choose love. We must be the thing, right? We must be what we want to see. What do we want to see? More love, more compassion, more kindness, more ju justice, more tolerance, more uh, mercy, more tenderness, more gratitude. We must be the living example. That's the work. So we want to be able to shift our perception in our mind and consciously do something. Now, it doesn't mean it's all about doing. It's so much about who are we being? And then who are we being? Getting quiet enough to receive instructions. And you might experience that as an impulse, an intuition, right? Uh, some people call it a download, right? For me, it's like guidance. You might experience it as a gut instinct, right? Which tells us, as in A Course in Miracles, right? The prayer, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? We have to do inner listening for outside works. Inner listening first, and then we do outer action, okay? So I'm gonna come at this from a couple of different sources. And I think that this is um, a really beautiful thing. And I always say like, you know, again, going back to that whole thoughts and prayers, some of these things I'm talking about, you're going to be like meditation and prayer. So remember my episode a couple back where I said um, connecting the dots. A lot of times people do not think about these kinds of practices as being the solutions to bigger things. But I will tell you this, love is the answer. I, I'm like, love is the answer. And it, I always say love, you know, people think of love, I think, as being very passive, very, very just kind of precious and sweet. Like love is simple, love is kind, love is patient, love is kind. I'm like, no, sometimes love is fierce. Sometimes love says, not on my watch. That's bullshit. No, right? <laughs> so I think though that any action that I take, I want it to come from love. I don't want it to come from scarcity, fear, like um, uh, rage, violence, right? I know, I know the ego is vicious. We say in, in A Course in Miracles, the ego is suspicious at best and vicious at worst. So I don't want the things that I do in the world, even if I, like I said, I'm gonna pick up the phone and, and call my representative or call my senator or write a letter or shoot an email or do whatever. Try to do it from a sane place. We're all human. You know, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. So sometimes we're, man, man, sometimes are we clumsy. Sometimes we blow it. Sometimes we drop the ball. However, if our minds are slowed down enough, we will soon after recognize that we were just an insane person, that we just misrepresented ourselves. <clears throat> so, all right, here's something that I want to share from you. And that's what I was saying. Action is the voice of the heart. We don't want to just theorize about these things. I'm not here just to talk about these things. I'm sharing these things with you in, I don't know if I want to say hopes, but just in case you might put them into action, find them helpful, find them hopeful, find them useful, right? So I'm going to share some things 
And I'm just going to kind of go in order. I, I chose, I mean, I could share so many uh, tools and practices and things, but I just wanted a couple of sweet ones that might, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, might resonate with a variety of listeners. Okay. So this first thing is a quote from the Dalai Lama. And I love this. He says this, every day, think as you wake up. Today, I am fortunate to have woken up. I am alive. I have a precious human life. I am not going to waste it. I'm going to use all my energies to develop myself, to expand my hat out to others, to achieve enlightenment for the benefit of all beings. I'm going to have kind thoughts towards others. I am not going to get angry or think badly about others. I am going to benefit others as much as I can. If you need to, you can pause this, rewind, and listen to this again. I don't want to read these things um, twice just because it's going to, it will make the episode way too long. So if this spoke to your heart, as I was saying this, if you were like, ooh, what was that again? Then that's usually a sign. That's a signal. Rewind it, write it down. You can also Google it. I guarantee you, you can find this quote from His Holiness the Dalai Lama. But here's the lines that jump out to me. I am not going to waste my life. I'm going to benefit others as much as I can. Can I get a double amen hands, please, for that? You see, this is not passiveness. Even though we might think of the Dalai Lama is so sweet and he's cute and he's got this giggle and whatever, what he's telling you is this is how to be. This is how we start to solve the problems, the gator the greater problems. Notice how he doesn't say, go out and get your neighbor to agree with you. Go out and change the mind of your uh, brother or sister or cousin or aunt and uncle who has different political views than you. Go out and do this. No, he you know where he says every day, think as you wake up. I'm just fuck. I'm lucky to be here. These are all about what am I going to do? This is what I love about the things that I'm sharing. You know, if we sit around and wait for the world to change, <laughs> wait for other people to do it, it's never going to get done. When thousands or millions of individual people are doing the work to be the love, to be the change, to show up and sit their ass down and do their spiritual work and their personal growth work and to, to, to face and heal, you know, their trauma. When, when the world starts to collectively kind of get its shit together, that's when things will shift and change. So we start on the level of self, personal consciousness, which taps into the greater, what I say, the big mind, right? Go online with the big mind, the collective consciousness, and this is how things change. Okay. Now, I know some people probably roll their eyes when they hear about like, oh, prayer, meditation, like that's, what we're, that, that's what's going to solve things. <laughs> And here's the reality, okay? Listen to this. This is something from one of my beloved teachers, Eknatha Shwaran. Uh, he says, don't think the purpose of meditation is to go deep into consciousness, wrap a blanket around yourself and say, how cozy. I'm going to curl up in here by myself and let the world burn. Not at all. We go deep into meditation 
so that we can reach out further and further to the outside world. First, we go in, then we go out. Because if you just try to go out by reacting to the world from the place of your ego and your fear and that reactionary impulse to like put your dukes up and fight and get triggered and all that stuff, that is not helpful. First, we go in, we gather the resources that we get through meditation, a calm mind, collective, um, I mean, sorry, uh, conscious alignment. I always say the assignment is alignment. We align with the truth of ourselves. We go home for a moment, remember who we are, remember who we belong to, right? We get off the crazy chain, we go to love, and then we can be so much more helpful out in the world. Okay, listen to this. I'm going to be sharing a lot of Ishwaran with you guys, and uh, he's incredible. Listen to this. Steadiness of mind is one of the most practical of skills. Steadiness of mind. Without it, no one can face the challenges of life without breaking. All right, I'm going to pause here because there are a lot of people who feel like they are broken. There are a lot of people in the world who feel like they are a mess, that they're wounded, that they're fucked up, that they're never going to be able to blah, 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 blah. Right? If you don't have steadiness of mind, it's easy to understand why a person might come to believe that when the mind is all over the place, right? But steadiness of minds is one of the most practical of skills. Without it, no one can face the challenges of life without breaking. And life today is challenging to say the least. Here's what's amazing. Ashwaran has been dead, I think, since 1999. So not much has changed. In fact, the world has probably gotten more mental, okay? And he says this, we live in the midst of conflicts within ourselves, at home, in the community, even nationally and internationally. Fortunately, he tells us, we don't have to develop these capacities. We already have them. What he's telling us is we have these resources within us, right? We have these resources within us that we can draw upon. And luckily, they're already there. But this is what he says. But we need a calm mind to draw on them. When the mind is agitated or confused, hello, this is ego fear stuff, right? When the mind is agitated or confused, the deeper resources we require are simply locked up inside. We cannot access them, he's telling us. When the mind is running all over the place, when we're freaking out, when we don't realize that we have what I call this spiritual toolkit within us, right? He says, um, we need a calm mind to draw on them. And he says, that is the practical importance of a calm mind, is that it gives us access to those resources, the capacities that we need. That's how we face the challenges of life. So when people are like, I'm one person, how can I do this? And I'm like, listen up, because I'm telling you right now, this is how you do it, all right? Here's another, another point of view, also, Ashwaran. Few human beings are born with the skill to weather storms and stress with grace. It doesn't mean you don't have the resources. I, I want to point this out. It's not that you don't have the inner resources. It's that you don't have the skill yet 
on how to use them, right? It's like having a chef's knife, but you don't really know how to properly chop things yet. You know what I mean? He says, yet everyone can learn. Isn't that such good news? Isn't that such great news? We can't control the weather outside, but we can control how we respond. Like the great ship, the Queen Mary, we can install stabilizers in the mind, for it's in the mind that the storms of life really blow. This is such a key. This, is, th this thing that he just said is so important. We think when we look out onto the world, like, oh my God, it's a shit show. All this stuff is happening out there. What he's saying though, is how you perceive the world, how you think about the world, um, the way that you look at the world, um, the way that you look at yourself and your capacity to handle these things. He says, it's in the mind that the storms of life really blow. What matters is not so much the turmoil outside us as it is the weather within. So to a person with an agitated mind, something as minor as a rude driver can cause enough stress to ruin a whole day. <laughs> I remember, I remember those days for myself. I remember living in Boston and being in traffic all the time and losing my shit on Star Drive repeatedly, <laughs> banging on my dash, not my dashboard, but my steering wheel like an insane person. Oh my God. He says, by contrast, I think of Mahatma Gandhi who learned to keep his mind so steady that he could face tremendous crises or crisis with courage, compassion, wisdom, and even a sense of humor. This is the power, you guys, of meditation, of contemplation, of mantra, using a mantra, of prayer, of slowing down and sitting in stillness so that we can access the parts of ourselves that not only are not insane, but are still, so that we can actually consciously choose to use our minds, to think critically, to ask for help from something divine, something higher than us, something I always say smarter than me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Here's also a very powerful thing. So for the past, Oh my God, I don't even know how many years, 28 years. It's been a wicked long time, all right? I have been a student of passage meditation. Passage meditation was something that Eknatha Shwaran created. And it's about bringing your attention, right? Repeating a passage in your mind because, and we'll get to this in a little bit, we become what we meditate on. The Buddha said it like, uh, we become, we become uh, you know, what we think. I'm paraphrasing, okay? So for the last however many years, on a daily basis, on a daily basis, I have repeated the prayer of St. Francis. I don't, you do not have to be quote unquote religious, Catholic, whatever. St. Francis was simply the patron saint of animals in the environment. He's like, like top notch, one of my favorite saints. Uh, they do the blessing of the animals every year on October 4th on my birthday, which just makes me so happy. I love St. Francis for so many reasons, and I should probably just do a whole episode on him. I think sometimes what people don't get is that 
You don't have to have been brought up in the church or brought up with religion or whatever to recognize these beings that live before us, even if they're mythological, even if they're mystical, right? You don't have to be like, I believe in Jesus, I'm reborn or whatever people think. We can be resonant with what these people stood for, the values that they had, the way that they tried to help others, just like Mr. Rogers, just like whoever, pick your favorite, St. Teresa, whatever it is, right? Uh, Mother Teresa, St. Teresa, uh, you know, Mary Magdalene, uh, there's a thousand. I mean, we can turn to these, these um, figures and find inspiration in them. What I love about the prayer of St. Francis is, and like I said, I've been, I've been saying this prayer daily, right, for a, a gazillion years because it started to seep into my consciousness because I wanted to be the kind of person that Gandhi talked about, that the Bhagavad Gita talks about, that all the great saints talk about, how Mr. Rogers showed up in the world. I wanted to become a person who wasn't looking so much to have people do all these things for me. I wanted to be able to be the kind of person that could be the strength in the storm for somebody else, that could hold space for a sufferer, that could, um, you know, and I'm, I'll, so I'm just going to, I'll say the prayer of St. Francis. I'll say it nice and slow. Again, if you don't like the word prayer, think of this as a meditation. If you don't like certain words in this, like, because the, you know, St. Francis is a quote unquote Catholic, you know, guy, he was, that's the tradition. So there's a word in here, the, 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 the verse starts, right? Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. If you don't like the word Lord, say God, say universe, say love, say goddess. I don't care. <laughs> don't get hung up. Don't let these little tiny things bump you out from getting the deeper meaning. What I, again, I'm going to point this out. Listen to these words and notice how it's not praying for, give me this. Meaning I'm not asking for, um, you know, physical things. I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for, I always say, I don't make God my errand boy. I don't like snap my fingers, put in an order and hey, manifest this shit for me, right? That, like that's not how I do spirituality. But I love this prayer because listen to the very first thing that St. Francis asked for. Make me an instrument of your peace. Make me an instrument of thy peace. He's basically asking, make me the embodiment of your love and peace. Basically, as I move through the world, may I leave the people, the place, the animals, right? This is how I interpret this better than how I found it. Make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is, <coughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Basically, this is a request to have me move through the world. And as I interact with the world, myself, the creatures, the animals, the environment, may this be what I'm bringing. When I find somebody that's been injured, can I bring pardon, right? If somebody says something clumsy, if somebody says something offensive, if somebody fucks up, screws up, you know, gets in the way, 
Can I please find some, some mercy, right? Some pardon for them. When I discover somebody who is really doubting, doubting their own capacity to be able to do something, can, maybe I can lend them some faith, right? When somebody is in despair, maybe I can bring them some hope. Make me an instrument of your peace. Let me sow these things. Let me sow love, right? I love this so much. Here's the second half. Again, if you don't like, oh, divine master, just say, oh, divine love. Oh, goodness. I don't care. Say whatever works for you. Grant that I may not so much seek. Again, it's saying, I don't want to be the one who's seeking these things. I want to be able to be the one who is giving these things. It's not about what can I get. It's about what can I give. Okay. So listen, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be the one doing the consoling, right? To be understood as to understand, right? Again, grant that I might not be so much the one to be loved as to love, to be the one who's doing the loving. For it's in giving that we receive. It's in pardoning that we are pardoned, right? It's in forgiving. This is what he's saying. It's in forgiving that we are forgiven. It's in dying to self, meaning it's, 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 in, it's in dying. Like It's like letting that little ego part of ourselves fall away to stop buying into the ego perception of who you think you are. It says this, it's in dying to self, that small S self, that we're born to eternal life. What that to me means is like we get to go home to the truth of who we really are, which is love, which is one of God's kids, which is, the, which is an extension of the divine, that compassion, that love. It's like, let this old part of me that's confused about who it is and what it's capable of, let that old ego self die so that I can step into the truth and the power of who I truly am, right? So in passage meditation, you repeat this passage. You repeat it and so it's until it's memorized and then it's in your head. And maybe I'll do a whole episode about passage meditation. But listen to this. This is what Ashwaran says. He says, the secret of meditation is simple. You become what you meditate on. So when you use the prayer of St. Francis, for example, right? Pick your own, pick your happy prayer. Every day in meditation, you are driving the words deep into your unconscious. I'm sorry, deep into your consciousness. And eventually they become an integral part of your personality, which means that they start to find constant expression in what you do, what you say, and what you think. This is how we change the world. This is how one person makes a difference. This is how when you feel helpless and hopeless, these are the things that we do. Because when we meditate upon these things, when we ask to be the light of the world, the love of the world, not us as in just me special, but I can't control what anybody else does. I can control myself. So I ask for this shift in consciousness, but I show up and sit my ass down and do the work right? Because it's then that I can go out and be of use to be helpful instead of harmful, to go out in the world, to inspire instead of to inflict myself in my trauma and drama onto other people. So powerful. Okay. 
in these dark times, I would like every one of you to remember this. We are not alone, Ishwaran says. He continues, this is not a world of chance with neither joy nor love nor light nor certitude nor peace nor help for pain. We are surrounded by creative powers, just as we're surrounded by air and light and gravitation. It's only when we fail to ally ourselves with the forces of light that they're unable to support us. Oh, double amen hands to that. Listen to this. He says, if we give our whole hearted support, love will triumph. Love will triumph. But love is not just this passive thing. To me, love is a verb. Love is who we are and, right, who, what's our identity? Love. What's our purpose? To extend that love. Love in action. Action is the voice of the heart. Sometimes the action is call your senators about gun violence. Sometimes it's like, hey, you know, uh, do a post. <laughs> have somebody on your podcast. Talk about this. Have that conversation with your sweetie right? But we got to listen. We got to get quiet enough internally to hear. We turn down the volume of our own insane chatter, that monkey mind, so that we can hear the wisdom, right? That conscious connection, that communion that we have with something greater than us. One of my favorite Mahatma Gandhi quotes, and hopefully you'll find this helpful. If you have been despairing about the state of the world and maybe the state of your family or your personal life. He says, when I despair, I remember that all through history, the way of truth and love have always won. There have been tyrants and murderers and for a time they can seem invincible, but in the end, they always fall. Think of it always. He's saying, think of this always. The ways of truth and love have always won. It's inevitable that the tyrants and the murderers, even though they sometimes feel invincible and it seems like, oh my God, they always fall. And he says, think of this always. And I love this so much. You guys, like I said, I could share so many things with you, but I hope, and I'm using a lot of different examples on purpose because maybe just something, because we all learn differently. We all think differently. We all um, resonate with different things, different words or whatever will inspire us. So I'm going to end with this. Okay. And again, I'm coming back to Ashwaran, who is, uh, like I said, one of the head haunches on my spiritual team. <laughs> He says this, a calm mind releases the most precious capacity a human being can have. This is the capacity to turn anger into compassion, fear into fearlessness, and hatred into love. Ordinary people like you and me may not be a Gandhi or St. Francis, 
But to the extent we can quiet our minds and light the lamp of wisdom within, we too can add a little light to the world around us instead of feeling helpless in the dark. We too can add a little light to the world around us instead of feeling helpless in the dark. I know sometimes it can feel like we are in the dark, but we each have within us what I, I kind of think of, which is what I was taught to from Ishwaran, is that his granny, his spiritual teacher was his granny. And uh, she used to call him the little lamp, the little lamp. And I think we are all the little lamps. We are all the little lights. But here's the thing. We're the lamps, God, source, love, the divine, the universe, again, whatever you call it, is the electricity. And the only way that the light comes on is if we plug in. And we plug in through daily spiritual practices. We plug in by getting quiet and meditating and contemplating and slowing down our minds and prayer and being out in nature. There's a thousand ways, right? You know, Rumi, I think it was Rumi. It was either Rumi or Hafiz who says there's a thousand ways to kneel and kiss the ground. That's how I feel about prayer. You get to decide. That's the work I love to do as a spiritual mentor and in the nest is helping people develop their own personal relationship to whatever it is to them. So if you've been despairing, if you've been feeling helpless in the dark, hopefully some of these things will help you. And if you're like, this sounds like something I could use help with. This is what I do for work. This is what I do for a living. This is part of what I do, right? You could always join the nest, my spiritual membership, mentorship, and community. You can also work with me one-to-one. -one. You can find all that stuff on my website, karenkenny.com. It's wicked easy to find out how to work with me and how to join um, you know, a greater group of people who are also trying to do this work to be the change that they want to see in the world, to move their self-help beyond just their selves and out into the greater world. Because we can sit around talking about how it sucks. We can sit around getting numb and sucking our teeth. Oh my God, it's so awful. It's like a second Sandy Hook. It's like, this isn't enough. Feeling bad, thoughts and prayers, all this bullshit, right? Not enough. We have to change. I always say this. There are things like animal cruelty in the world because enough people think it's okay. There are things like sex trafficking because enough people, think about slavery, think about all the fucked up things that have happened over the world, people raping and pillaging, taking over countries, you know, getting rid of the natives, like all the stuff, all the shit that we've seen. It's because enough people thought it was okay. Enough people mind, there's enough, there, there are children starving to death every single day in the world because enough people can sleep at night about it. So if we want insane things to stop happening, we have to become more sane. We do this through love and how we access love is through having a calm mind, a consciousness, an awareness of self, a greater awareness. So hopefully 
something <laughs> that I shared today. I wanted this to be a quick episode. I said to my sweetie, oh my God, I'm so tired. There's been, again, like I said, I've, we've had so much loss and my auntie just died two days ago. And I'm still kind of like, you know, my brain has not caught up to, to the new reality. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to do something short. Um, but then I got inspired because it's too important. So I hope something that I shared from my heart today landed for you. I hope some of these, um, these sayings and these uh, little practices um, helped you <laughs> in some way. Uh, and just thank you for being here. And if you listen to the show and this stuff resonates with you, please share it. I always say if, if you find something valuable, I'm sure somebody else that you love will too. In fact, I saw somebody today, I got my, my, my hair done, my friend Jessica Todd, JT, she does such a fantastic job. Uh, Jessica Todd of uh, Jessica Todd Salon in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. She does the best job. She's an incredible hair artist and creative. And I just love it. She's also one of my, my dear beloved friends um, when I was with her today. Um, and uh, it was so great to just kind of, you know, I don't even know where, where was I going with that? Just, just being in her presence. And um, yeah, I totally just lost my train of thought. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Anyways, you can see, right? Like the grief brain fog. Either way, anyways, JT did a really nice job of my hair and I'm really grateful for that, but I don't know where I was going with that. Ah, uh, oh, I know where I was going with that and I'm back. Thank you so much, spiritual team. One of, one of the people who works at the salon came over to me. Uh, she's so sweet. And she was saying that um, she listens to my podcast. And she said, I just want you to know, I started listening to your podcast and she just said a bunch of nice things. It was so kind and so sweet. And she said, and I loved it so much. I shared it with a few of my friends and they all, you know, just have been raving about and whatever. It was, it was just so sweet, you guys. And it, it really um, landed in my heart, especially at a time when I could use a little extra love. Uh, so I was just so appreciative of it, but I didn't want to mention that without mentioning JT. That's where I was going with it. So, so just you guys, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for listening. I'm sorry if this was a little uh, bouncy and a little bit all over the place. I'm really doing my best, but I love you guys and I appreciate you. And thank you for being here. Remember wherever you go, may you leave the people, the place, the animals, the environment, and yourself better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. 
Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>